Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio, and St. Rose of Lima Radio in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Marianne Jepson, Catholic counselor here in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm Father John Sims Baker, the pastor of St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Good to have you with me, Father. Hey, you know what? I have to congratulate you on the air because you celebrated a big anniversary recently. I did. You're right. What was it? 25 years of my ordination. Beautiful. So if you would all, if you're driving in your cars or sitting in your kitchens or wherever you are, say, thank you, Father Baker, for 25 years of priesthood and congratulations, and we wish you at least 50 more. Oh, just say a prayer. That would be better. That would be good. You're exactly right. A (laughs) prayer would be good for Father and all priests. Celebrating anniversaries or not, we're grateful that you're with us. So, Father, we have some questions. Are you ready to get started? Might as well jump right in. Sitting on ready. Rocking on go. Before we do that, though, um, we do need to um, start off with a prayer. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. What were we thinking? What What was I thinking? I'm the one that, yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you, and bless you, and glorify you, and thank you. We ask you to bless and to use this time as you see fit. Please help us to surrender entirely to you, to accept your will in all things, to be at peace, and to know your love. We ask these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, Mary, full full of grace, grace, the the Lord Lord is is with with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Gabriel the Archangel. Pray for us. St. Rose of Lima. Pray for us. And the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And before we delve into those these questions, one more thing. Far less important than that prayer, but um, please do send your questions in to abidinginhope.com. We um, cherish them very much. So here we go. Hi, my question concerns our young adult daughter. She recently returned home after graduating from college and living on her own a while. Since moving back, her mass attendance is sporadic at best. She is well-educated in the faith and knows that mass attendance isn't optional in God's eyes. I know she is an adult and we can't force the issue, but I also know that we need to gently remind her that she should not go forward to receive the Eucharist when she isn't in the state of grace. Can you offer some suggestions on how this conversation might go? I get the feeling she is hanging on to her faith by a thread right now, but I know her roots are strong. Thank you for the many parents who will appreciate your response. God bless you both. I love it when they throw in a few of those extra little things like God bless you both. (laughs) That's nice. It is. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Well, hmm. Okay. Um, First, I would say, and this is going to, I'm not trying to sound like, cranky father baker here so please don't take this this way well that's unusual (laughs) no i wish it were (laughs) but it's not but i'm not i'm not this i'm just afraid this may sound that way i I don't feel cranky at all no worries but i want to um 
I think one of the things that's really, really, really important in life across the board, and I think this is something that you could echo as well, Marianne, mm-hmm. is that we uh, take responsibility for the things that we're responsible for, but not take responsibility for the things we're not responsible for. <laughs> I think sometimes we can load up a lot of you know, anxiety or stress by taking on responsibility for things that actually aren't our responsibility, you know? Mm-hmm. So, for example, your daughter getting, you say she's an adult, uh, getting to mass and keeping up with the state of her soul is actually her responsibility, you know? And in a sense, it really isn't the questioner's responsibility as her as her mother, now, that's not to say we don't have any responsibility towards one another just because somebody's an adult or something like that, especially a child. There is, and, and I think the, you know, the questioner is aware of that as well. But sometimes I think we can allow some stress or pressure to build up on us because we're taking responsibility for things that aren't our responsibility and that we can't really control. And then that causes us maybe not to respond in maybe the best way because we're kind of stressed out and whatever about that. So that's what I would like to tell the questioner first Mm -hmm. is that actually this is your daughter's responsibility. Okay. So that being said, the most important thing to do would be to pray for your daughter. Okay. Um, And to pray that she will take the responsibility, you know, in her life and that she will, know it and understand it and accept it. Um, Also, I would say that, yes, to a certain extent, you know, we are responsible for one another, you know. Um, And there is such a thing as, you know, the Catholic spiritual tradition of fraternal correction and that sort of thing. And all the more so here where there's a close relationship. This is a mother to a daughter. That's a... And so... um, Maybe part of your prayer should be that God might open up for you the opportunity to talk to your daughter about this in a way that might be might be productive, you know. Um, But I think sometimes we jump in and we decide, okay, I'm going to decide when that time is or we feel so pressured or stressed that we kind of make something happen when it maybe isn't a very good time. And we end up as I think you're as the questioner is aware of maybe making the situation worse you know or uh maybe building more of an obstacle there so it's hard to know exactly this is the place where we really have to trust god and realize that he actually is god god is actually god and i don't have to be you know that job is already filled and they're not taking applications for it right now so uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I can really trust that God in his divine providence can and will direct all things. Um, but a lot of times we're kind of impatient, you know, and we decide God really needs some advice from me on how to do his job, you know, and that if he would just, you know, <laughs> I heard, I think it's Father Emmerich Vogt uh, said one time that a lot of us uh, actually, we, we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what we actually mean is, my will be done on <laughs> earth as it ought to be in heaven. You know, so, 
And again, I'm I'm way bordering on the cranky here, so I don't want this person to feel like I'm. But I, I do think um, uh, it's it's one it's very very good for you to be concerned about you know about your daughter. And I would just encourage her to you know take responsibility for her life you know across the board you know um, that she you know grow up in all sorts of ways you know. So, um, and this is one of those ways that we don't always do, um, you know, on the perfect timetable maybe or whatever. So from our point of view, but leave it to God. I think, uh, I think if you're going to make a mistake in this area, it's probably better to make a mistake in being, pa- being maybe too patient <laughs> than not being patient enough, um, if you look how patient God is with us and all the stuff that he puts up with, you know, it's just kind of, I, I don't know why he puts up with me to tell you the truth, but um, <laughs> as much as he has, but he has. Uh, and, and so, uh, so just, you know, um, see this, know this, pray for it. But at the end of the day, trust God. That as much as you love your daughter, God loves her more. And he will do everything that he can for her and has already, you know. So um, just sort of take the pressure off is what I would, that would be some of my advice. Wow, Father, if you think that was cranky, hold on to your hat. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I'm coming on. Okay. No, so uh, yours, I thought, was very loving and merciful. But here's what I saw in this, and maybe this is the difference between being a parent and and not having children in a home and things. Um, Because I noticed here that the daughter was out and came back home. Mm -hmm. She was living on her own for a while, and then she moved back in. Now, I know from sitting in my therapist chair, that this is a problem for a lot of parents when the kids move out, you know, go off to college, and then they move back in, and they have their own set of ideas about the way life should be in that house that they once lived in as a child. And they have their own ideas because, you know what, I've been living on my own, and um, I will do my own thing. And... um what you have to say about it just isn't that important about how I live my life. Well, the problem is they're living under your roof now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So see, here's the cranky Marianne coming out. Um, um, and I, I see it's, it's such a dilemma for so many people when this happens. Now, I think she says a beautiful thing about she wants to gently remind her daughter that she should not go forward to receive the Eucharist. If she isn't in a state of grace, and I, res- I, I respect that, and I do, I agree with her. Um, I think you had a, um, an important comment there, too, when you said maybe God will open up the opportunity for you to have um, a conversation with her. I think she does need to talk with her. What I read in this is I read the parents' anxiety over this and that this is creating a lot of of discomfort for mm-hmm. either the parent that wrote this or both parents, if both parents are in the home. And um, 
and that's a pretty difficult place to be with an adult child without having a conversation, an adult child who has their own ideas about how they will live under your roof. Could um, I m- mention yeah. something right yeah, there, absolutely. though? Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. Uh-huh. And I think if that conversation is going to happen, yeah. it would be better to have it about that side of it rather than the 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 spiritual side of it. You're saying yeah. like, you know, I, I think that, that this – you know, I, I I have to say, I noticed that thing, too. They moved back in. Now, yeah. there might be good reason for that, you yeah. know, uh, that's plausible or whatever. Um, but even so, like you're, you're saying, Marianne, mm-hmm. they should respect the parents' wishes in the house. I think that's where, if there's going to be a, a, you know, sort of a, my question about this, I think it's the, the daughter coming back home. I think that's that's the kind of issue yeah. there. It's like she really, I think, you know, if she wants to live on her own and do her own thing, then she ought to go live on her own and do her own thing, you know, right. myself. Yeah, I don't disagree with you about that. But the part that I was going to say is about the conversation, not to make it about the daughter's, you know, turning her back on the faith or, you know, being the cafeteria type or or whatever that's not what it's about but it's about the parent or parents expressing their concern about it's not getting down on the daughter about you need to do this or you can't do that or that sort of thing it's just expressing their concern for her soul and saying you know we've noticed that um you're mass attendance is pretty sporadic and you you do go to um, receive the Eucharist and it just concerns us because um, that that you're doing that and we're happy that you go to mass when you go but that's that that part of it is the concern and I think that if the daughter is well formed in her faith as this this um, individual says, I think that the daughter would understand that concern of the the parent. Um, It's causing a a pretty good degree of anxiety, it seems, for this parent or or parents when they continually have to see this. And as Mm -hmm. people of strong faith themselves, I'm assuming, or they wouldn't ask this question, that's a difficulty that they're experiencing. So I think gently talk, having that conversation, but speaking more to it about their concerns and doing it in a non-emotional, non-angry way, non-judgmental way, but just having that conversation at least would do some things to maybe, you know, just remind that, as you said, the fraternal correction sort of thing or paternal correction sort yeah. of thing. Um, and then they feel that they have had the conversation and maybe need to have it again at, in times, you know. Um, I know my mother would have dusted up what, us up one side and down the other. There wouldn't have been a non-emotional kind of gentle <laughs> conversation. And she had five kids who, uh, you know, stayed in the faith, you know, so... I, I I oftentimes think back and I'm like, maybe I'm not cranky enough. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a judgment call on that, but I think well, that Well, and also parents... you could invite your daughter to come to confession with you, too. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an invitation. Yes, that's a great one. That's a really good inviting, and but, but also speaking to the um, concerns that you have about what you're seeing, as any parent would do about anything that they see that their child is doing whether it be drugs or alcohol or you name it, um, parents, uh, that's part of the responsibility of parenthood is to um, speak up. But with this issue, you have to do it gently too and lovingly. It's about love. It's not about anger and not about other things. It's about love. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I think we've covered that one. Father, you think so? I think so. All right, good. Well, let's move on. And uh, just want to again remind you that you're listening to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus and St. Rose of Lima uh, Radio in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Marianne Jepson, and... I am Father John Sims Baker. Yay! Okay. Um, And please send your questions to abidinginhope.com. We need them, we love them, and we thank you for them. Okay, here's our next question. I've experienced a number of significant losses in the last several months. My older brother, whom I love dearly, died of cancer after a long and painful process. A couple of months later, my mother-in-law died of cancer very quickly. Shortly after that, I suffered a miscarriage at 10 weeks of pregnancy. I have other young children at home and have a very busy life. I've always been active in their school And at our church, it seems there is little time to pay attention to what is happening to me through all of this, but I'm feeling numb inside, and it seems my relationship with God has all but disappeared. If it weren't for the exterior things I do at church, I'm afraid I I wouldn't turn to God at all right now. Everything I do seems robotic just to survive. How can I find my lost faith, hope, and love again? Well... I'm going to say a few things. I think this is a lot up your alley, though, too, Marianne, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. But, mm-hmm. um, well, one of the things I would say, first of all, is, well, then thanks be to God for the exterior things that you do at church, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a reason why we have a faith that's has internal and external elements, you know? Um Sometimes it's those external things that do keep us going, to tell you the truth, you know. Um, and it's very understandable. And first of all, I, you know, I should have said, you know, to this um, person who wrote this question, you know, really, um, you have been, those are hard things, you know, take a real emotional toll on us. And to some extent, it might be, and again, I'm, this, I'm getting into your area. Maybe I'll let you do No, you can take whatever. I think oh. our... You know, sometimes our own, you know, uh, ourselves, you know, kind of take care of us a little bit and and maybe do numb us to some extent or kind of wall things off for a little while to let things heal up. You know, you can't be I mean, we do that with physical uh, with physical wounds. You know, we wrap them up, we bandage it. We don't constantly poke at them and that sort of thing. We let them heal. We maybe. You know, that's why you wear crutches, you know, to stay off of that foot for a while or something like that, you know. And so maybe you need to just stay, you know, stay off of some of these 
you know, emotional areas for a while to let them heal up a little bit. Now, you don't want to do that forever. You Eventually, you want to get rid of the crutches and that sort of thing. And uh, But I think sometimes, you know, that kind of numbness is kind of therapeutic, frankly. You know, we just – you can't just deal with all of those things all the time, at least Speaking for myself, I'd be an emotional basket case if I were trying to just have all of this in front of me all the time and I were feeling it deeply every moment, you know. Yeah. So um, so that might not be a bad thing that you're feeling a little numb or something like that. That might be your own body and mind and soul just kind of saying, hey, we're going to like we're going to take care of this a little bit, you know, and give you a little bit of time to kind of get things sorted out. So. Those external things of our faith can be very beautiful and can sustain us to a certain extent. Now, on the other hand, I do hear what you're saying about, you know, I don't feel this the way I did. I, I'm not feeling certain aspects of my faith, hope, and love the way that I have in the past. And I would just encourage you to know, too, that these emotional states aren't permanent. You know, it's going to pass, you know, um, that's one thing about our emotions is that they tend to sometimes make us think, oh, I'm always going to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what kind of uh, worries us. And I'd be worried about that, too, if, if I thought, OK, I'm always going to feel numb like this. But I don't think you will. I think in time, you, you know, in God's love and mercy and grace and just your own human healing and 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 resiliency you know you'll 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 come back uh to engaging in things to feeling things to um you know and and maybe you just need to be patient with this relying on god letting him give you his healing asking for that you know in in trust and hope but i i think you know it's Maybe very understandable and very normal that we go through maybe a time like that because we probably just can't take it in all at once. You know, we can't process it all at once. The the feelings and the emotions are just too raw or too overwhelming at some times. And so God allows us a, maybe a season where maybe we just do go through the external things, you know, and 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 don't disparage those things you know getting up and getting to mass is a great sign of love especially when you're struggling you know saying your prayers um doing your you know charitable works whatever it is you know staying involved with whatever group you're a part of or that sort of thing you know that in and of itself especially in the state that you're in right now is a sign of love and trust and resilience, you know, and and of faith that God is going to pull you through this and that someday you will uh, have that experience uh, again of your faith, hope, and love as you express it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And so um, trust that God is healing you, um, you know, and... Uh, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything terribly wrong here. Now, if it goes on and on and on, or if you find yourself shutting down more and more, you know, always reach out. You know, never just bear things stoically. <laughs> I, think, I never think that's a great idea. But 
But I'm not so sure that what you're describing is it maybe just a normal, healthy response of healing, to tell you the truth, Mm -hmm. and realize that those external acts that you're doing, when when done with love as you're doing them, are, are very beautiful. So... They are indeed, Father, and you know, I think you, um, this is what she seems to describe is, is a, a normal grief process, as you were um, speaking to. Um, as you said, if it goes on and on and on, it becomes protracted grief, and then the, you really do need some help. You do need to reach out, just as Father said. Um, I think that... Um, the the blessing of all of the busyness with your children and um, the activities, like Father said as well, the exterior things that you do as at church and all, they are good distractions from the the pain that you're feeling, the grief that you're feeling, and you know, um, oftentimes people don't have good distractions. Um, set up in place that will keep them going and get them through these dark tunnels that that life brings. Um, In those dark tunnels, I often tell my clients, you know, life seems in many ways to be a series of tunnels where times, you know, some of them are dark and they press on us in all ways and one thing after another comes. That's like what you're experiencing here. But the lessons you learn in this tunnel... Even when you don't necessarily feel God being present there at that moment with you, he is leading you. He does have that lamp at your footsteps, and he is leading you. Whether you feel it or you don't, he's there. But the the lessons learned in this dark tunnel will prepare you for the ones down the road. Eventually, you will see the light again, whether you can do this on your own or you need a little bit of help. Eventually, the light will come and you'll be able to breathe again and feel free again. And you'll be able to look at these losses and know that you've got, you know, advocates, um, hopefully in heaven, that are walking this journey with you um, beyond until you meet them again. But know that these lessons learned will help you for the next ones down the road and down the road. Um, And we'll look at this at this point as a normal process of grief. It's just you've been hit with a lot all at once. Um, Again, if it goes on and on, you do need to seek some help, uh, your um, parish priest um, or um, a counselor as well. So, um, Father, I think that's all I have to say, and we have run out of time once again, but let's do close with a blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Abiding in Hope. Thank you, Father, for being with me for the show. And we look forward to having you all with us again next time. Um, Again, the website to send your questions to is abidinginhope.com. Until next time, God bless you all.